Oh, little girl. Hello there, welcome back. I'm the Velvet Snatch, and welcome to another roundup of what's happening in Newcastle Drag Idol 2020. I'm very sorry that for the second week in a row the show has been late. Last week, the guys from Bad Wear Day and myself were crazy busy with releasing the latest girl episode with the fabulous Bula Crew. Go check that out. As well as our new bi-monthly Drag Race US discussion show from Billy's Girls, featuring Theresa May, Gladys Duffy, and Travesty, both of which are on this very channel, so check them out. This week... My excuse is that I've been crazy busy. I've been helping out a lot with a lot of the performances for next week's Idol show, and since we were recording the next episode of Girl on the Monday, I sadly didn't get all my recordings edited until about Wednesday, so that was fun. But anyway, enough about me making excuses. Sunday the 8th was week 3 of Drag Idol 2020 with the theme of show tunes. We were joined by not one, but two special guest judges this week, local theatre performer and all-round celebrity Hazel Poole, as well as last year's winner and self-confessed immigrant, Theresa May. First up, from Team Rusty, we had Rex Uranus, strutting onto stage in a purple Willy Wonka-style outfit and lip-syncing to pure imagination from the Gene Wilder musical film. The outfit was amazing, and the level of detail that went into it was epic. When I chatted to him before the show, I noticed that he had like little tubes of Parma Violet sweets in the ribbon on his hat, and all of the props and gimmicks that he'd need for the performance were stashed away around the costume. It was very cleverly done. Uh, I think that sums up Rex Uranus altogether. Uh, clever and fucking batshit crazy. Uh, from removing his top hat and having sweets fall out of it to giving lollipops to all the judges of varying sizes uh, with a tiny diet one for Judge Penny T uh, to giving Penny a note that we found out afterwards like he gave him the note during the performance and then at the end we found out it just said this is going to get weird, I'm sorry <laughs> and weird it did get with at one stage, Rex pouring syrup over himself and fellow contestant Frida Safik running on and licking it up. It was very strange. Penny T loved the performance, giving it 10 out of 10, stating that it was her favourite Rex performance so far. Rusty seconded that, uh, mentioning how good the outfit, the edit and the props were. You can't really say better than that. And it's very difficult to go first, and I think Rex was pretty nervous about it. A good thing to point out here is... I don't know, like, how good the banter between the judges was this week. Teresa and Penny were throwing shade back and forth, uh, Rusty being the collected voice of experience, and Hazel just sitting there looking baffled by everything going on around her. And we can kind of understand that. On a personal note, it's really great seeing the progression between Penny and Teresa. Uh, from us all meeting together last year at Chernobyl's flat as members of Team Parmo to the culmination of the journey with Theresa winning Drag Idol 2019 to the two of them sitting there as judges, winner and mentor, calling each other worse than shit. <laughs> if I wasn't wearing Poundland eyeliner, I could have cried. Uh, Tony the Doll was up next, gliding onto the stage in a flowing Spanish gown and a black wig accented with red rose petals. 
Uh, before ki things kicked off, I got to pull her aside and ask how she was and how she was feeling about the performance. Also, I just want to point out that this was the first time I'd got to speak to Tony. We'd never been in the same place at the same time in the previous weeks, and she has such a lovely honesty and charisma. It really made me want her to do well. Here's what she had to say. I'm here with the delightful Tony the Doll. How are you doing, darling? I'm doing great. Thank you, Velvet. Yeah. <laughs> are you excited to be at week three of Drag Idol 2020? I am. I'm very nervous, but I'm going to give it my all. Mm. And uh, if anything goes wrong, I'll work it. Yeah. If it goes right, then we'll see how it goes. How have you found the competition so far? I've found it. It's been, it's been very fun. But um, obviously it's getting very intense now at the halfway mark. So everyone's trying to pull out the big guns. That just makes more room for error, which I'm very scared of tonight. So <laughs> I, think, I think it's a thing. It's like the advice. When I spoke to Layla Sphinx last week, the advice she gave is confidence. Mm -hmm. If you just go out there and just go, fuck it, I'm going to make this routine amazing. Like, even if you're not confident yeah. about it, like, just, you know, hopefully. It'll just pull go through. Out there and like, <laughs> Technically it's not, but this is the best fucking routine you <laughs> bastards have ever seen. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> but yeah, and so how was last week? Because last week is like the, the 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 challenge of going, you only have a week to prepare. Like, how mm. was that for you? Um, well, it was very different from my first routine, which I had a lot of time to prepare. And then the second week completely threw me off guard because they changed all the, all the themes. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is, from, this is from me for a loop. And... Um, and then now in the third week, I feel like I'm kind of adjusting to it, mm -hmm. of like trying to pull stuff together. Like I was like, right, I'm going to have to make this dress in a week, I'm going to have to sort myself out. It's worth it when you're on stage and like after it, if you get critiques, you're like, oh, yes, great, this whole week I've been stressed, but it's been worth it. If it goes wrong, then you're like, oh, right, oh no. <laughs> so I can see from your outfit, I, I can take a guess at what show tunes number mm -hmm. you're going for but can you tell me anything i am it? doing the adams family musical that is not what i thought at all <laughs> <laughs> oh, <is it> <laughs> that's amazing no i'm doing the adams family um which i have been in before just not as more trisha obviously yeah. but i was very jealous so when i heard like musical show tunes i was like well i'm gonna get my moment as more trisha yeah, i think that's good though because you've got a stage you know you've got an opportunity and you just go this is what I can do. Yeah, but then obviously if I fail, that people will be like, you were never meant to be more Trisha, get down. <laughs> oh, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. But, a lot know, of it is because I haven't done partner work before, and yeah. that is what's stressing me out the most, is the fact that I'm kind of relying on myself and another person, mm. and having like choreographed it over the week, I want we both to be fully confident and feel yeah. great on stage. But that, that's the thing, it's, it's a learning experience. Yeah. No, thank you so much for speaking to me, Tony. Thank you. <laughs> Little hug. <laughs> now, the song she'd chosen, and that I got wrong, uh, was from the fairly recent Adams Family musical. Uh, Tony was Morticia, flowing around the stage, singing about the joy of death. <laughs> Most amazing of all was that there was an unassisted reveal where, like, the limber Tony was able to reach up behind her and unzip her own dress, which... I couldn't do. I can't even put my fucking corset on myself, thank you very much. No, I'm getting better at it. Underneath there was another outfit. Uh, however, there was an awkward moment following this where she she got caught on the dress or the dress got caught on a heel. And I'm sorry to say, but the lip sync did actually falter at this point. There was a few words missed. Luckily, she was facing away from the judges at this point, so I don't think they noticed this. Uh, an extra, dressed as the Grim Reaper, steps onto the stage and the two fall into a wonderful choreographed dance routine. 
it got even better as Tony pulled out two huge white feather fans and just made it super extra. Um, I especially like the ending uh, where Tony ends the routine dramatically and then is pulled off stage by the Grim Reaper. It was just really nicely rounded. Teresa really enjoyed this routine, but warned Tony jokingly not to do Spanish again, also pointing out black hair and red roses? Hmm. <laughs> Which had Penny in stitches. Uh, Penny was very surprised, um, telling the contestant that she had never expected that, and that's a very good thing to hear at this point into the competition. Uh, you know, as this is the point that a resistance to mixing up your style will get called out by the judges. Rusty pointed out just what a good choice the track was and how she managed to once again recover from a wardrobe malfunction. Chernobyl was on next, and this was one I was kind of worried about. Uh, I'd helped her out with some voiceover for a track, and I knew that I knew that most of the routine was just going to be dancing. Uh, this was going to be a tough one to pull off, and could go could go incredibly south. I spoke to Cher before she went on to ask her how she felt about the competition this week and if there was anything that she was particularly worried about. Here's what she had to say. Get out of my interview space. I hope you go home, bitch. <laughs> so I'm here with the ever-flexible Cher Noble. Hot then. <laughs> how you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'm excited for the competition. It's, it's, this is a really, everyone seems really scared. Everyone I've spoken oh, to am. is like, oh, my number's the worst thing, I'm definitely going home. And um, you're like, I don't think you're all going you know, to be sure. Oh yeah, I'm 100%. My tail's in between my legs. I am so nervous for tonight. But, you know, hopefully it'll be fine. I'm doing classical jazz, so... Yeah. I don't think that's been seen on the Drag Idol stage yet. So, hopefully it's going to be something different than what I've done the past two weeks. But I think it's that, it's that thing of, like, using Drag Idol, like to show a bit of yourself as yeah. well. So it's kind of like going, yeah, this is might be what the judges want, but mm -hmm. I want to kind of see, everyone to see that I can do this, I can do that. Yeah, I'm more than just one thing. That's the thing what I'm doing about this year. I want to make sure that every single week is completely different to what I've done any other week. So I'm not coming out three weeks in a row and doing the same yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, I'm dancing every week, but I'm changing up the styles, I'm changing up the comedy effects, I'm ch changing all of it to just make sure that I'm not kind of flatlining as the weeks go on. Well, the thing is, it's like, what on the podcast, what I said about your number last week was mm -hmm. it was the, my favourite thing you've ever done. Like, oh, thank simply you. Simply because <laughs> it did everything. It mm -hmm. kind of, it had comedy, it had, like, marks to hit. Yeah. It had, like, spoken word bits. It was... Believe it, it or not, everything. Penny was saying that, oh, we must have been rehearsing together for hours and hours. <laughs> I've been dancing with Liam in college for a while, yeah. and we put that number together in about an hour and a half. Yeah. So it was like really quick, really snappy, but we got the number done and looked good. <laughs> Crazy when you saw people for the, during the rehearsals for Miss Penny's show last year, and like just how quickly people like you and Tragedy just picked stuff up. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, you just no. got shown it once, and you're like, oh, cool, I've got yeah, it. And everyone always... else like, what the, me and Dita von T. Me and Dita von T's side, maybe so at the back. again. Yeah. yeah, just being like, okay, give us, give us a couple of weeks. Yeah, to, to no, get I've always been down. pretty. Yeah, I've got pretty good muscle memory and things mm. like that. So I'm always pretty good with picking up choreography. To be honest with you, I haven't really choreographed anything tonight. Just mm. going out there, improvising, showing that I can improvise and make it look like a solid number. So yeah. I'm saying that I'm purposely going out there doing improvising now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've been like, no, I'm not doing it. I was like messaging Penny being like, yeah, I think I'm dropping out again. She was like, you're not doing it again. <laughs> but yeah. Are you finding it hard putting something together in a week? 
because I know you did it oh, last I... year, but it's the fact of a lot of, like I was speaking to Tony just mm-hmm. before, and how scary is that, you know, when you haven't been oh, in yeah, that time it's period? it's so much more difficult, but it's more difficult because Chris gives with the time frame of get my tracks in by Thursday kind of thing. We so didn't have that last year, did so, we? We uh, were able no. to send them on Sunday morning yeah. and be like... Oh. So technically, we only actually get four days to get our tracks together, mm. which is pretty intimidating, considering they're doing themes that have never been done. It's yeah. thrown everyone off their game like even me because everyone was saying oh yes and fabulous i'm gonna do this disney week i'm gonna do this and they're like yep we're not doing any of them this year so everyone's like fuck so it's put everyone on an even playing field which i like because it's making everyone kind of think out of the box because no one's heard these themes before yeah it, it was because i think last year there was so many people and the year before there's so many people who were like oh well i've got my disney week worked out and i've got this worked out yeah and, uh, this year it's like what? You just don't you know, know what's going to happen. It's all about show tunes. Mm-hmm. I know, show tunes is, it's a difficult one. I just, I have no clue <laughs> what anyone's going to be doing tonight. Nothing. That's really exciting for me, but mm-hmm. I understand that it might be terrifying for you as a contestant. A little bit, but I mean, last year I wasn't really bothered about, like, I mean, last year I was like, oh my God, what if I go on before this person? Or what if I'm on after this person? Yeah. But now I'm just like, I genuinely don't care what, what order I go in. Um, focusing on my number and I'm not worried about anyone else. So I think that's why I'm doing as good as I am. Mm. I mean, I'm hoping I can get a top three tonight, yeah. but I just need to wait and find out, I guess. Yeah, no, oh, thank you very much for speaking to me, Cher. I know, thank you, thank you. What can I say about the performance? It had a shaky start. Cher comes on in an anorak to my show producer audition voiceover. Uh, that I personally think was the weakest part of the whole routine, so sorry there. (laughs) There there was a spoken word section from Cher introducing herself to the producer, and I'm going to admit the lip sync on this was a bit off. But, as we mentioned last time, lip syncing to spoken word is one of the most difficult things to do, especially when it's your own voice. I don't know how that works, you would think it was easier, but that's just how it is. Cher takes her bomber jacket or something off and goes into What a Feeling from Flashdance and the magic fucking started. (laughs) Watch this performance. Search for Drag Idol 2020 on YouTube and watch this. The routine was eye-watering. We are talking backflips, cartwheels, back handsprings and some kind of spinning pirouette that I've forgotten the name of. (laughs) There was was even a, a belt reveal where she takes off her belt and a new dress falls down from it. This was Cher Noble in the rawest sense, passionate, practiced, and awe-inspiring. I almost felt guilty for helping with some of these voiceovers, as, like I said, they were the weakest part of the performance. Uh, Rusty declared it as the best performance she'd seen in Drag Idol so far, and even went so far as to say that if she hadn't already have hired dancers for her shows in Turkey, that she would have offered Cher a job there and then. Penny T said it was the best choreography that she'd seen in seven years of Drag Idol. Teresa summed up mine and probably every contestant from Drag Idol 2019's feelings of I'm glad I'm not competing against you this year. Uh, A distant change of pace was next. Uh, Genocide took to the stage in her best outfit yet. Uh, The song was The Phantom of the Opera and Genocide played both Christine and The Phantom with both costumes on either side of her and split down the middle. It was... It was really clever. It started off with a lip sync to Christine's part from, I think it was the Nightwish cover of the song. Not entirely sure. It's either Nightwish or With End Temptation. You would think in a week I'd be able to actually research that, but eh, I had things to do. <laughs> that sounds horrible. 
There's the Nightwish cover of the song and switching to live death metal vocals uh, of The Phantom by Genocide Herself. Sadly, while I loved the death metal vocals, there were slight slip-ups in it. It fell out of time at one point. It wasn't quite there. And I think, yeah, I, I think maybe nerves were part of it. But as with uh, Genocide's first performance, watching Penny T's face was my favourite part. <laughs> it's when Genocide tore off the Phantom's mask to reveal a horrific VX makeup that she'd warned us about in advance, Penny nearly jumped out of a fucking seat. Uh, guest judge Hazel summed it up very well with, I've never heard it sung like that before. Definitely different. Rusty loved the vocals and the mask reveal. However, Penny herself was harsher, pointing out that, you know, how every act so far of the night had shown some diversity in mixing up what they can do, and yet this week she felt like she'd got the same from Genocide. Another Scottish queen, Anita Queen, was up next, doing My Name is Karen from the Mean Girls musical. I'm not going to say too much about this, as it was everything I like about Anita rolled up into like three minutes. Uh, this very careful beauty, and but with an underlying sense that she's absolutely fucking nuts, and she will probably cut a bit, and probably has. Uh, perfect for a routine about Karen, basically. Uh, we got some very self-aware humour in here as well, as cheeky cards handed out to the judges, and a running gag of Anita throwing things off stage, specifically at Ophelia B, I think. Now, just a bit of background, I felt a bit self-conscious of what I'd said in the previous episode of Girl uh, about Anita's performance by calling it the dumbest of the night. But this week, she pulled me aside on Sunday, telling me that that's exactly what her drag is. Dumb. And, and that's what I like about Anita's work. It's carefully crafted, well-rehearsed comedy from her that I can appreciate and that she can mould to whatever she wants the routine to be about. Penny said that this was her favourite number of Anita's so far, but that she could still go further. Theresa complimented her on her outfit and the little gags, pointing out that the card that she'd been given read, I'm happy you managed to dodge immigration. <laughs> Hazel and Rusty were a bit more critical, telling Anita that she should use her extras more and to remember the five Ps. Preparation and planning prevent piss-poor performance. Which... I think is more than five Ps, but I'm also pretty sure that Rusty was there when numbers were invented, so who am I to say anything? Next up, we had the sensational Claudia Gabor, and I'm going to be honest, I had no idea what to expect. I'd saw... I, I, I'd saw... I'd seen her outfit earlier in the night, and I'd, I'd assumed that she was going to do something from Beauty and the Beast. Instead, we got one of the cleverest routines I've seen in a long while, and I'm going to admit... I didn't understand all of it, until the judges explained bits or pointed out the bits they liked and such. This routine was a perfect example of excellent prop work. Uh, Claudia comes out with huge goat horns and makeup in a long dress with a mountain landscape on it to the lonely goat song from The Sound of Music. Partway through, she tears away the skirt to reveal furry goat legs underneath. Uh, genius, the, the amount of props and reveals and well-timed moments in this performance, from the outfit itself to singing sock puppets to blowing the foam off a stein of beer. It's wonderfully orchestrated. Rusty said it straight out. I would copyright this. It was such a clever routine. Uh, Teresa gave a slightly backhanded compliment by saying that she'd expected great things from Claudia in this competition and that that night she saw it. And as Penny T puts it, the attention to detail was stellar. 
I think I think having seen Claudia share genocide and Anita and all the different styles of performance that they brought tonight, from the prop heavy to the shocking and dramatic to the clever timing and edited to the simply amazing spectacle of dance, it must be incredibly difficult to compare them all when it comes to judging and decide who's weaker than who. Uh, I managed to speak to regular judge and the namesake of Rusty's bar in Newcastle, Rusty, to see how she felt about the competition so far. Hello, I'm here with the amazing judge, Rusty. Hi. How are you doing? How did you feel about the competition tonight? Do you know, it's, it's so different to when I used to judge it years ago. Um, people, people's perception of cabaret everything has changed so much and, and you know gender roles and things like that you know it's the, the way that I have been brought up to perceive cabaret it's like you know it's a, a man dressing up in ladies clothes miming to somebody else's song glamorously sometimes you know with a little bit of comedy sometimes to do it straight laced coming into the competition at this point it's it's so different it's so unique and it's great to see how the word cabaret has become so widespread and so open to so many different genders um and it i am absolutely loving it i mean when i when i judged drag idol in uh, oh, i think it was about must have been six seven years ago when we had it back at rusty's the contestants were just so different to what they are these days it's just it's totally different but i'm having an absolute ball and it's just opened my eyes to the diversity in what the cabaret world's, you know, give, throwing at us these days. So I'm yeah, enjoying it. it. It's a very tough competition. I mean, like, as we saw this week, wow. Like, you know, I think every, everyone was watching it and being like, that's the performance of the week. And then someone else would come on, you'd be like, oh, oh no, that's the performance of the week. How is that for a judge? Everybody has got so many different talents. They all bring something totally different to the table. And if we could encapsulate all those talents from each different person to make one entertainer, they would be world class. I mean, it's like you had um, Chernobyl, she bought the, the dance that she brought to that stage in Flashdance, it was phenomenal. Her dance technique and her energy, and you know, she got so upset when she lost her wig. And to me, at that point where she just whipped it off and threw it, it just showed you how determined she was. And you know, she just threw it out there and just danced for a life. And to me, that was just phenomenal. And then on the other flip, the flip side, you had Claudia Gabor, who did something totally different with um, the sound of music. You know, coming out in a pair of you know goat's legs, <laughs> and and you know, having the field over the top to hide him with the little legs over the top of the field, the pint of lager blowing the. It's just. Everything about it, it just ran so smoothly. And then you've got Tesco, who keeps coming coming back with these really clever little three-minute edits of somebody's life story. I mean, that Philip Schofield thing tonight, I mean, it was just, it's phenomenal. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is, this is just getting so clever. What I don't want everybody to start doing is overthinking. What we've got to do sometimes is, we have to, I think we've got to strip it back slightly um, and concentrate more on the performance rather than all the little gimmicks and the, the way that they've edited everything together. I know that sounds like I'm contradicting what I've just said, but sometimes it can get a little bit too confusing 
and there's too many, there's too much to take in, and it becomes a chore to watch them rather than it being entertaining. I think when it works, like like we have tried to do last week, and uh, we had Claudia this week, where they have loads of um, props and gimmicks and stuff, but they all worked. They didn't kind of feel like they were just shoehorned in. The thing is, as well, I, I mean, tonight talking a tragedy. What a voice! Do you know? You know, she's saved the best till week four I mean I absolutely love Tradge you know she worked at Rusty's for me for, for many many years um, I had no idea that Tradge could sing like that I was totally and utterly blown away and it was such a stripped back such a nice soft version of that song and it just showcased the vocals phenomenal I think everybody now is up in the game and it's only going to get worse every week to eliminate somebody because it's just getting so clever and they're all different and in their own ways oh no no thank you so much rusty this week you're absolutely welcome it's been a pleasure (laughs) now after claudia we had an odd one for me after her beautifully poignant performance last week crystal enigma was back the musical she'd picked was one of my favorites uh, but perhaps a bit too obscure for the audience hedwig and the angry inch the routine starts off to wonderful alternate creation myth song the origin of love as crystal and her assistant bailey bubbles from week one uh, manipulate four four large boxes stacked you know beside each other with illustrations of people on them to represent their conjoined humans and their sad separations that the song describes it then went on to the track tear me down with crystal turning the boxes around to become the berlin wall and singing through the titular character hedwig's origins in 1980s segregated berlin then she pulled bits of paper with politicians names written on and tore them up and ended the performance with a huge banner reading love wins the room was lost. I I give credit when credit's due, but I will say when a routine simply doesn't work. Crystal's idea was great. I, I loved the songs. I loved her passion throughout it. The idea of the boxes being manipulated to tell a story was absolute genius. But the entire routine hinged on a fan-level knowledge of the source material that nobody except about ten of us probably had. Also, the two songs from the musical Chosen didn't really fit together. It was more a homage to a great musical with nods to bits of it rather than a cohesive story. Um, if I was doing it, I I don't know, maybe I would have done it all as Origin of Love or I would have taken two tracks like, you know, Tear Me Down to the actual Angry Inch song or, I don't know, Midnight Radio or, or something, two, two tracks that because I think they're they're two different plot strands from the same film that I didn't really think went together. I'm only saying so much about this because I really liked the idea and would have seen would have loved to have seen it amazing. What I learned in Drag Idol last year was if you have an idea no matter how great it is if it won't fit into the 3 minute limit cohesively then drop it and save it for a different gig. I mean, Teresa admitted that she got a little lost and that she didn't understand the story, pointing out that all the props and boxes and everything was facing the audience, so she couldn't really see them from where she was sat at the side. Uh, Penny simply mentioned that the audience began talking amongst themselves and and that she got bored. Rusty tempered her criticism by saying how good the lip sync and the overall passion and execution was, but that a lot of the routine got lost in translation. 
It's a shame after how well she did last week. Roxy Tricks was up next, and I'm going to be honest, I was worried about this one. Uh, as we queens are prone to do, we gossip and talk candidly about performances after each show, and the concern that I'd had with Roxy Tricks was after two weeks of doing very traditional one-song, no-edit drag, uh, no matter how well executed it was, she would get kind of left behind with what all of the other, other performers were bringing to the table. I had absolutely no need to worry, though, as I loved Roxy's performance this week. I'm not sure if it was for her own volition or taking on the judges' lines of uh, praise for her other performances or for the recommendations of a mentor for the competition, which is Penny T, Team Palmo. Uh, but Roxy Tricks gave me everything I wanted from her. Uh, I had a chance to speak to her before the show started, uh, just to see how she was feeling. I'm here with the delightfully fashionable Roxy Tricks today. Hi. Yeah, how are you feeling? Uh, a bit nervous, but... Yeah? Well, get out there, get out there, do it. <laughs> are you confident about your number? Like. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident this week, but obviously the competition's getting quite hard now, isn't it? So it's, it's yeah. getting really, really heated now. <laughs> what I've been asking uh, the other contestants is how they feel about now we're in the you have a week to prepare routine territory. Like, how are you feeling about that? See, I, I did the opposite way. I prepared for my first week yeah. within the week. Oh, right, okay. So that Practice. I didn't get dropped into it straight away for the whole, like, you've only got a week to prepare. So I did my first routine within a week as well, just yeah. to try and get into the swing of it first. <laughs> So it's something that you know you're not really struggling with the only having a week to do things. Or? I do struggle, obviously. I've got work and everything else. I do struggle with it. Obviously, I've got a lot of help from my partner, my friends. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's hard, but it's doable. Yeah. <laughs> so where are you from? Darlington. Darlington. Are you, Darlington. You're travelling through each week. Yeah. Oh, every week. Exactly. I was drive each week. <laughs> yeah. I, do you, do you work in Darlington? Like, yeah. You know what? Um, do you have any residencies? Uh, well, I'll uh, I do. Out, but I'll just. I do. I currently you. work in Harvey's Lake Bar in Darlington. To be honest. Could you do that a bit again? Because I'm talking over. I currently work in Harvey's Lake Bar. Yeah. I do the shots for them, but hopefully I'm trying to go a little bit higher or something. But for now, it suits me down to the ground. Do you feel like you have any like direct competition? In not really. I think they're all we're all quite quite strong competitors, really. So it's it's a big widespread of everybody. Thinks watching everyone. You know, the judges and myself have, have described your like style of drag as really old school because it was like last week it was it was weird because everyone else was doing crazy stuff and you're yeah. just like no I'm I'm Shania Twain and I'm coming out and I'm fucking doing that video yeah. and and you nailed it but everyone was just like there's no props they were you know there's no like sort of gimmicks and it was. Got a little bit of a twist this week, but, but yeah, we're still trying to keep it as camp as we can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it should be good. But no, thank you very much for speaking to You're me. You're very Watson. welcome. <laughs> so, what was the routine? Uh, the show tunes were from Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Roxy Tricks steps out with a huge blonde wig and black dress robes, I think. It's like a cowl, uh, lip syncing the beautiful slipping through my fingers. Uh, an extra comes on and sits at a table at the back, dressed as a teacher, as the song switches into uh, When I Kissed the Teacher, with Roxy throwing off her black robe to reveal an amazing metallic pink catsuit. <laughs> the audience was in uproar. It just worked so well as a fun little routine, with the teacher coming up to lip-sync their part of the song, while Roxy came back on with another extra dressed as a policeman and escorting the teacher away. It was a really nice cabaret number, and... I decided evolution for Roxy. 
Hazel loved the outfit, uh, and Rusty and Chewie have both complimented uh, Roxy on a really good performance overall, giving the slight critique that maybe it went on a little too long. Uh, Penny was the most vocal of the judges, pointing out that Roxy had never edited a track before and that she loved all the extras and was very proud to have Roxy on her team. Yes, it wasn't the standout performance of the night, but it was enjoyable and it showed an evolution of performance that we don't get to see from the more seasoned contestants. One that we'd all been waiting for was next, uh, Tesco. Now, could she do it again and have a hat-trick of great performances, or was it all going to fall apart? This week, the checkout scanner prop had become a large cardboard house. Tess walks on to the stage to the theme tune from Breakfast TV show This Morning, dressed as Philip Schofield. Grey wig, checked shirt and trousers. Yeah, we knew where it was going. Suddenly, uh, she climbs behind the house and it begins to shake as the audio transports her through to the world of The Wizard of Oz. Tess steps out from behind it, lip-syncing over the rainbow, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and takes her trousers off to reveal that the shirt is actually a full Dorothy-esque gingham dress. Then an extra dressed as Schofield's co-host, uh, Holly, with a cardboard face mask of her, <laughs> walks on clutching a scroll and gesticulating to a voiceover from the show telling the audience that Philip has got something to tell us and he's written a note. Holly then unravels the scroll and it turns out to be metres long, like flowing out onto the stage before Holly reads it and announces, I'm gay, throwing the scroll out into the audience. I fucking howled. This was probably the best sight gag I've ever seen in Drag Idol. It was so well executed and thought out. The, the performance continued at this pace of well-timed gags and punchiness that we've now come to associate with Tesco. All the judges loved it. Uh, Rusty announcing that it was 10 out of 10 again. Teresa pointing out just how amazing it is to put a routine like that together in just a week. Penny giving her a, her third standing ovation for Tesco in a row in this competition. Yeah. It was very well received. I really recommend you watch it, as with all of Tesco's other routines. A distinct change of pace next with the return of Frida Safik. From the setup and the costume, uh, the show that she'd gone for was kind of obvious as she positions herself back to the audience on a chair, centre stage in a black outfit complete with fishnet tights and black bob wig. A voiceover covering the Me Too movement sets the theme and agenda for the routine as Frida moves into lip-syncing the song He Had It Coming from Chicago and gracefully steps around the stage. More voiceover sections once again from the hilariously succinct MASH report about sexual harassment and especially the Harvey Weinstein uh, sentencing before going into Dolly Parton's 9 to 5 and back into He Had It Coming where Frida pulls out a toy gun to aim at the judges. It was a really good routine. Perhaps not as good as the previous ones but it certainly fit the weekly theme by combining songs from not one but two musicals depicting the oppression of females. Personally, I felt the beginning was a bit slow and it took too long to get started, but when it did, the stage presence and the execution was really good. Penny was the first of the judges to give her opinion and, and she said it felt 
a little flat. There were boos from the audience. Uh, she did, however, point out that for one section, Frida lip-synced to a track in a different language, which was very impressive. Uh, Teresa, as wowed and amazed as I am that Frida is not only in this fucking competition, but also doing so well in it, thanked her for that performance and the great message. And Rusty, while she said that she couldn't hear the spoken word bits as well as she'd have liked to, she thought that it was a great performance to do on International Women's Day. Our penultimate contestant of the night, Tragedy, was then up with a decided and very welcome change of pace, uh, coming out in an amazingly suave yet savage beast costume complete with huge wig and horns, uh, a slight gag with a table containing a box of Cadbury's roses. There were a few false start gags with sound engineer and regular silent judge Chris Howe. Uh, these were, you know, in-jokes regarding Tragedy's, well, tragically cursed final performance from uh, 2018 but then bringing out a microphone tragedy proceeded to sing an entire song live and the audience listened now i got called out a bit when we had tragedy on the girl podcast as i'd assumed that she had some dramatic theater and performing arts background many more years than she's actually had and it just turns out that tragedy is really fucking good <laughs> I could listen to this bitch sing all day. Her voice and her candour and the deceptive ease of how she sings, which reminds me of people like Sia or Rihanna, but with the enunciation and projection that you'd expect from a Broadway performance. Yes, there wasn't too much to the performance, aside from a nearly dramatic wardrobe malfunction when the horns started falling off uh, and tragedy throwing the box of roses into Judge Penny, which I'm fairly sure she was very glad about, but this was show tunes week, and we got to hear an actual show tune sung and performed by an established star of our very scene. What more can you ask for? So how did the judges rate it? Well, if the standing ovations given by Penny T and Theresa May were anything to go by, they loved it. Theresa herself pointing out that she knows tragedy has one of the best voices in local drag, and it kind of makes her sad when she sees her lip sync. Uh, Hazel commanded her. Hazel commended her on her the courage to come out and do that, and also the lack of reliance on props. Penny took it a step further, pointing out just how nervous and unsure tragedy had been about her performance during the week, and how it was amazing, and that she didn't need the comedy elements. I thought it was absolutely brilliant, and I really want to see tragedy sing more, so get in fucking musicals, bitch. Finally, oh god, finally we had Jasmine Dick. And I'm going to be shady as fuck, but brutally honest here, I was very worried for Jasmine throughout the week. She had no idea what she was going to do as a routine, and following last week, I felt that in a competition where the other contestants are really upping their games and we're seeing a lot of careful choreography, calculated reveals and prop work and well-edited tracks and use of themes, how long can Jasmine survive on just natural hilariousness and charisma? Uh, would the gag of the routine that goes wrong keep entertaining people week after week? Or would there be a week where it just falls apart? I helped Jasmine out this week by editing her track for her from her own direction. And I was kind of worried once we got the track finished uh, and agreed. There's a lot of lip sync in it, uh, a few track changes, spoken word sections, and I wasn't really sure what she was going to be doing physically throughout it. So it could have gone uh, one or two ways. Luckily, 
I was wrong. And Jasmine fucking gagged me. Like we had with Roxy Tricks, this was the evolution that I felt they needed and it was just hilarious. Jasmine steps out onto the stage to huge cheers from the audience. She's in a maid's outfit and begins lip-syncing to the song Somewhere That's Green from Little Shop of Horrors. There's lots of little details that are so so cheaply done that they become even funnier which is the magic of jasmine dick when she refers to having a black eye and her arm in a cast she's got duct tape over one eye and her arm is caught in the sleeve of a hoodie she doesn't even have a sling it's <laughs> the, the routine then segues into seymour loving to mow and weed going into a marijuana segment uh, of pink elephants on parade uh, from is it from Dumbo? I think it's from Dumbo. Uh, where fellow contestants Crystal, Tragedy and Anita walk on along the backside of the stage with tiny toy elephants. And they're looking as bemused as everyone else at what the hell's going on. When I was putting the track together, Jasmine explained this as, Oh, well, when you get high, you see pink elephants, don't you? To which I, I somehow managed to nod and smile over Facebook Messenger. But <laughs> it worked, though. It worked. After a quick reference to Judge Theresa May, Jasmine rushes off stage, and even though a lot of us can still actually see her in the wings, she starts pulling off her clothes for a, a reveal that none of us expected. The track has changed to Mean Green Mother from Outer Space, and Jasmine Dick steps back onto the stage, a fake tit having fallen out, wrapped in an Asda carrier bag and with a huge one foot wide by four foot long inflatable green penis. She proceeds to pour cream over it and gets it on the stage and everywhere while the audience and judges just lose their fucking minds. <laughs> Penny summed it up first with, you're just fucked up, really, aren't you? <laughs> Guest Judge Hazel was, was just speechless. You, you could see that she'd never quite seen anything like that before. And Rusty warned us all of the consequences of when cousins marry. Also, pointing out that Jasmine, Jasmine had just drawn her eyebrows on with lipstick this week. No one there could deny that this routine was both the product of an insane mind and absolute comedy genius. Huge screams and cheers and chants from the audience as Jasmine left the stage. I can't in all honesty say that this was not a more calculated, better lip-synced and more structured routine than we'd seen from Jasmine so far. And that's what I felt she needed. So, there you have it. All the contestants and performances from week three of Drag Idol 2020. This was probably the most varied week yet, and I really didn't envy the judges as they went aside to deliberate on which two contestants would be going home this week. While they did that, uh, I grabbed my recorder and went to ask the audience who their favourite performer of the night had been. Here's what they had to say. Jasmine, definitely Jasmine. Every week she is getting better and better and better. Crazier, nuttier, and absolutely fucking weird. Oh, so many this week. It's such a strong week again. Um, live performance, of course, with, uh, with tragedy. Brilliant, fantastic. Tesco brought it again, another week, so strong. And Jasmine, Jasmine Dick, bringing it again, literally. The giant dick this week, coming on in. That's... Coloured green. I'm, I'm still recovering from that I'm, as a performance. I'm pretty gooped. I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty gooped. Tragedy was my favourite. Tragedy. Tragedy. I'm a Claudia supporter. Claudia. Claudia. Tony Vidal. 
Tesco, but I'm a Tesco fan always. Tesco. Miss Tesco? Tesco. Yeah, definitely Tesco. Yeah. Tesco. Combining the Wizard of Oz with Phil coming out, like, who else would think of that? I could show my parents that and they'll understand it and find it funny. Jasmine Dick. Jasmine I mean, Jasmine killed it. Ja Jasmine Dick. Ja Jasmine Dick. Let's get, her on the, let's get her on the main stage, Pride. Let's do it. Rick Sharon is Frida Safi. Frida smashed it. Um, today is International Women's Day. What a powerful message to send out. Now, it's not all compliments. In fact, we had a bit of conjecture between the audience, with some stating certain performers as their favourites and some feeling that they were the weakest. Um, here's some of the ones that weren't as well received. Claudia started so strong, and after she revealed the goat legs, which I absolutely loved, yeah. it just kind of fell off. Genocide. Genocide the screamo. It's just genocide. Roxy. Roxy tricks. Frida, because of the sitting down on the chair, it was very, like, it made a bland space, and it made the audience be a bit like, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting too long. Really great message, 100%, but I feel like with drag, if you give a message, you've got to keep the audience. Uh, the Chicago number, it started off so slow. And it didn't really, but the message was great, especially on the day, you know, International Women's Day. Fantastic uh, choice, just kind of fell off. Now, being sent home is, of course, never easy. In week two, we had to say farewell to Karma Valentine, Franny, and Scarlett Johansson. Last week, I got to speak to Franny, and this week, I got to speak to Scarlett Johansson about how she feels a week on and what's next for the fledgling queen. I'm here with the delightful Scarlett Johansson. Oi, oi, ladies here. and gentlemen. Now, sad times, you got voted off last week? Yes, got robbed again. I'm kidding, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, um, how are you feeling after that? Because I, you know, you were, you didn't take it well. No, I did not. Um, I can understand the judges' uh, critiques, obviously, didn't understand the story, the last part. How have you found, because this is your first time performing in drag, yes. uh, in this competition, how are you finding it? Um, week one of my performance um, was very nervous, um, which hence why I had Latree pushes on the stage, because before me number started, I was instantly regretting, I was like, nope, I'm going to run away, and then for an instant I was like, nope, I'm going to do it, and I had Latree pushes on, and then as soon as the music started, I was like, I'm just going to go for it. and not to toot me on home, but the judges loved it. Yeah. And then week two fell a bit flat compared to week one, I'm not gonna lie, it did. People who want to see more of you, obviously you're a new new queen, like yes. where can people find out more? Oh well you can find me on Instagram at Scarlet Hohansen, literally the way it's spelled. Uh, Twitter, Scarlet Ho H O Hansen and Facebook literally the same, Scarlet Hohansen. And hopefully we'll see a lot more from you in the future. Oh you definitely will. <laughs> you catch me at Bank Bar uh, at Mondays. Coming soon, coming soon. Finally, the judges' rulings were in and we were all called back to the main stage of Powerhouse to be told which two contestants would be leaving us tonight. Obviously, spoiler alert, but it's been nearly a week now, so keep up, why don't you fucking hell? Uh, but it was sad to see that both Crystal P. Enigma and Genocide were the ones to leave the competition. They were two of my favourites, but I have to put my hands up and say that in a competition as fierce and as tight as this one, both of these two did make missteps this week, and that's all it takes. I would advise all of you to follow these two amazing queens on social media and such, and keep abreast of their future gigs. Uh, you can follow Crystal on Crystal underscore Enigma on Instagram, and Genocide on Thy Genocide, uh, that's T-H-Y-G-E-N-A-C-Y-D-E on Instagram. 
congratulations also to Claudia Gabor for her amazing air performance and performance of the week with her sound of music routine. The theme for next week, however, is props. Now, this is a very difficult one and hilariously the theme for the week where I got kicked out of the competition last year. Fucking loaf of bread and fucking seagulls. The remaining contestants were called back onto the stage and had to draw their prop that they'd need to build a whole routine around from a hat. Here they are in the order that they were drawn. Claudia Gabor, a champagne bottle. Chernobyl, a space hopper. Tony the Doll, Gladys Duffy's Lost Winners Crown from Drag Idol 2018. I have no idea. Um, I Gladys heard about this and I don't think she's very happy because she was told she didn't get a crown on the night because they'd lost it and apparently it has been found and given to Tony the Doll so hopefully we'll see some reference to that. Anita Queen got a wrapped present. Tragedy. <laughs> Tragedy. A cow. Yes. Yes, I'm serious. A half-sized cow prop that Chris Howe pulled onto the stage. <laughs> If you'd like to see it, check out my Instagram where I uploaded a cheeky glamour shot with the heifer. The, the cow, I mean, not, not tragedy. Uh, Jasmine Dick got the best of smash hits 80s book. Mm. Uh, Roxy Tricks, a Henry Hoover. Tesco, a face mask. Frida Safik, a shopping trolley. And Rex Uranus got a chair. <laughs> what will they do with her props? Well, you'll have to come down to Powerhouse in Newcastle on Sunday the 15th of March to find out. Now, that was the night over and it was time to all untuck and settle down. Even though we didn't and we hit the town till like 4am, oops, sorry Pink Rooms, uh, I pulled guest judge and winner of Drag Idol 2019, Theresa May, aside to ask her how she felt the competition had gone and how it was like being a guest judge. I'm here with last year's Drag Idol winner and well-known Spanish tart. D fucking dick! <laughs> Just kidding, he's not Spanish, he's either not a winner. Hi, I'm Theresa May. Welcome to my podcast. Is <laughs> not a winner of nationality now. Um, if you're Spanish, you win things. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So, yeah, so how does it feel, you know, not being able to steal this crown? Um, you said that, but I got the crown already in my house. <laughs> this year, nobody's getting crowned. Just me. I've been to the dentist this week. I got a new crown. It cost me 400 pounds. Just kidding. <laughs> Only a hundred. Yes. So, so what was it like being the guest judge uh, this week? Well, great. I mean, I said it before, I've been judging this fucking cunt since week one. So it's just been great that I finally got a stage and a mic to speak on my mind. And my mind is there. All fucking fears. They're amazing. And I, can't, I, I mean, I've told, them, I've told them off stage in the week, like in the week past. It was great to tell them with a mic and tell them how fucking fabulous they are. They're... They're amazing, and it was an amazing show overall, so it was very exciting. I mean, we've been, like, obviously gossiping and going, like, who we like and stuff over the past couple of weeks. Uh-huh. Was it different when you were up there judging them? Like, you know, was it more difficult than, you know, just going, oh, well, I don't like this? Or Yeah, it was super difficult because um, uh, see, seeing it from the side, it is actually very different. Thankfully, I was a, a judge as well in... Um, Vampastis. So it kind of gave me like that. Okay, it's gonna be different, um, but yeah, it was it was very different. And you also need to understand that they are acting and performing for the audience, and you need to look at the at the audience and see how they are reacting to the performances. So there's lots of things to consider, not just your opinion or 
your views on drag. It's just so much more. So it was very difficult. Also, there is lots of friends that were performing tonight. So it was hard to be like, thankfully, all of my friends were amazing. Yeah. So it was, I didn't have to go through the, oh, I didn't like that. You know what I mean? So it was great. It was great. I loved it. One thing I have to ask, though, because yeah. we were talking about this the other week, the glow up on Cher Noble. Like, yeah. we, were, we were together on Team Penny last year. And, and she was Cher. Yeah, she was shit last year. <laughs> just kidding. Sure, no, she's not gonna be listening to this. She doesn't know how to listen. <laughs> anyway, just kidding. Um, it was emotional. I kid you not. I was on the edge of crying. Like it was so beautiful to see her glow like this. And she fucked up a couple of things. And what she and she was very upset about. What she needs to realize is that she has the raw talent. She's an amazing dancer. And you don't need to click any box. You do you. Boo boo. And. <laughs> She did amazing, and she was so close to win best of the week uh, this this week. So I'm proud of her, and I can't wait to see what she's bringing. Like I cannot get enough of her. She was very good. When everyone was that good, like was it really difficult, like deliberating with the other other judges? It was very humbling to see how much they care about everyone's not performance but career. And it was just great to see Rusty caring. was like, but I thought she was great. And then Ophelia was like defending other people. It was just great to see like everyone had different opinions. And it's just, it was very hard. And I almost had like, okay, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we should send anyone home tonight, <laughs> but we have to. And it's, and it's a tough decision, but Drug Idol is not the, like, you can still do things after drag idol and i think everyone that like crystal and genocide are gonna have great drag careers like they've had already so it's gonna be great for them was there anyone who disappointed you where you expected a bit more from them yeah um i think um roxy tricks she gave me what i was expecting yeah and that's why i didn't get her performance was flawless mm. but i was not shocked and I'm expecting you to shock me with something. Yeah. At least I how, that's how I approach my performances. I want to shock you. And I didn't get shocked by her. Was she flawless? Absolutely. Did she deserve to go to next week? 100%. Was I shocked and amazed by her performance? Maybe not. Yeah. And all the other judges disagreed with me. And that's, that's the beauty of drag, isn't it? We all love different things. Do you, do you think that as the competition goes on, uh -huh. it's going to be more a case of the people who aren't necessarily bad, but are comfortable, yeah. the ones who are in the 100%, and that's why you went home last year. They were tired. <laughs> they were tired of what you were bringing, and they were like, do we want to see her in the final? No, we've seen a lot of Velvet, and that's why you went fucking home. So, I've seen enough of Velvet by Yeah, we all have seen enough of Velvet. Retire. <laughs> I'll take this over the podcast. Hi, it's me, Theresa May. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it is important every week to bring something different. You need to stay true to yourself, but this is your chance to prove everything that you can do and that you're not going to be one note. So I think that's the reason why some people went home today. No, thank you very much for speaking to me, Theresa. That's fine. If you pay me, I'll speak to you. Bye. <laughs> See you next week. Adios. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're all well. And remember that if you weren't at the show on Sunday and you want to watch it, it's all up on YouTube now if you search for Drag Idol 2020 Week 3. Also, 
as a health warning, if you're worried about the coronavirus and you feel like you should, uh, or if you have the virus and you are needing to self-isolate, remember that you're always able to watch the show a couple of days later on YouTube. Don't worry about coming to the night itself if you have the virus or if you're worried about catching the virus. And also, I'll be here on the Spotify's, on the iTunes and all of these other places to give you a run through of what happened on the actual night. Get all of your drag merchandise from badwearday.com. Thank you for listening. Follow me on Instagram or Facebook or whatever is the Velvet Snatch. And I'll see you soon. Goodbye, my dears. Oof.